Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. How many know God's got an agenda? Just so you know, if you didn't know that, God's got an agenda. He's got a word for each and every one of you. And... uh, I have a nice little, a really good one. The title of my message uh, I was going to preach is You've Got the Power. Really good, really good. I don't know what I'm going to do with it now, but I just want to remind you that you've got the power. If you've got Jesus, you've got the power. But as of, uh, you know, two o'clock in the morning, I have a new message. Yeah, and this, the title of this message is called Rat Fight. That didn't land as well as You've Got the Power. That's okay. God's got a plan. My dad was a Marine. My brother was in, is in the Navy. And my half-brother, he's special forces. So rat fight means rapid assault tactics. How I many know God's going to give it to us today? I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to pray for us. For those that don't believe, don't worry. But um, after last week, I was a little messed up. You know, selfishly between services, I was like, Lord, just do it again. That 9 a.m. was so epic. Rex, that was amazing. Now I look back, I'm like, do you think God's going to do that again? I'm what an idiot. I I have to pray for myself. And then the 11, man, he came in and smashed the place. And so I want to tell you, God's doing something in a radical way not just at Awakened Church, but throughout this country. And I want us as a church to be able to press in, be able to stand in faith. And uh, the only thing that I'm gonna say, and then I'll dismiss the worship team is, what came out of last week was, God really thumping on me last night. He's like, no, no, no. Because I've been chewing on this word for about five weeks. Because I was reading into about five weeks ago, 1 Kings. And what happened was just the story of Elijah. And I thought it was just for me, so I've been pressing into the story for me. Finally, last night, God's like, are you just gonna preach this message or what? I'm like, oh, I got a good one. He goes, not that one. (laughs) This This is where we're going. And so, but the one thing I do wanna say what God's been talking to me since last Sunday is silence the noise. As a church, we need to grow together, hold each other accountable, press in together. We gotta silence the noise. What is the noise? The noise of the world. When we let the world become so loud that we can't hear what God's trying to do, he will get in your world to mess it up, but he he wants to mess it up in all the right ways. If the loudest voice is maybe Instagram or Facebook or CNN or the news or Twitter, I have patience that can lay on the table within three minutes, tell me everything going on in the world. I don't need to get on social media. They can tell me. But it's amazing if I have to ask them one thing about the word, because I know they're believers, it's, it's amazing how it goes to crickets. If the world is a lot louder than the word, how many know we're, we're, we got the triangle flipped upside down? We got to get the word louder than the world. So if your world is upside down, we got to flip the word in its right order. And I say that not out of like, you guys got to read the Bible. It's really, it's one of the weapons of our warfare. And the devil doesn't want you in it, doesn't want you meditating on it, doesn't want you thinking about it, and definitely doesn't want you speaking about it. When I was at Emerge, Michael Hunley got up and I saw the anointing come on him. And then all of a sudden he's talking about Emerge speak. He's talking about the power of your tongue, which the Bible talks about. And in that moment, especially over this last week, 
I felt the Holy Spirit said I was getting soft. Soft in what I was tolerating. I was meant to lead, lead my wife, lead my team, lead my, you know, I own different businesses. I have to lead better and better start with my tongue. What I say, what do I allow the world? The world was getting so noisy, my language started changing. What are we speaking over our kids, over our spouse, over our life, over our job, over even when we're fascinated, which is my word for frustrated. When I get fascinated with my wife, I got to been a fascinating week. <laughs> but what am I speaking? What am I giving power to? What am I empowering? What am I losing power in? It's very important because Holy Spirit all week's like, hey, it's like an alarm system. Even earlier this week, I went to go say something. I felt Holy Spirit say, are you really gonna let that come off your lips? As a church, we gotta hold each other in love in that same way. To have grace, but that doesn't mean we tolerate someone train wrecking their speech. Because they might start train wrecking their speech and if you don't correct it, they're gonna train wreck their life. The Bible says to take every thought captive and we better start taking that serious. So if you don't take that thought captive, we'll speak it and when we speak it, we create it. Next thing you know, we're living what we're speaking. And so in that, I just wanna pray for us. And then we're gonna get into this word today. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, that you are doing a thing in this house where we can move together, leave no man or woman behind, leave no family behind. But God, as we take territory, as we advance, as we push back the kingdoms of darkness, as we raise the bar in education, as we raise the bar in our community, as we raise the bar in our workplace, that God, you will give us a spirit of courage a spirit of faith, a spirit of boldness, a spirit to speak life in the areas that we've never spoke before. God, I thank you, Lord, that we don't tolerate what we've been tolerating. Lord, let us lift our eyes, let us lift our expectation to enlarge our territory that we may be blessed in all that we do. We thank you, Lord, for the injection of faith today. And we thank you for these rack fight tactics, Lord. These rapid assault tactics that you want us to get in our life so we can advance what we're doing here on earth. We thank you for your discernment, your wisdom, and this injection of hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on. Thank you, worship team. We're an engaging church. 9 a.m. was a little quiet. I think they were shell-shocked. But uh, it's going to be great. If I offend you, then come back for Wednesday. You know? Come to men's prayer. I mean, I'm going to tweak some of you. I mean, I'm not like kind of the delicate flower. You know, I'm not going to give you warm and fuzzy, like, oh, I hope you feel good. Um, I don't even know what the delicate flower meant. But I wanted to explain a little bit of last week because I grew up. Baptist slash Presbyterian slash confused. And um, I, I was, you know, thought I was a good kid. I was a little bit wild. Um, but it wasn't until I came to this church that God really got a hold of me. And uh, it's, it's amazing because it was always in me. And the devil was working overtime to make sure what was in me never came out. And I know the Bible talks about it. It's like I almost got the verse, you know, memorized. And uh, John 10, 10, you know, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus came to give life and life to the full. We could say it all day long, but what's that mean? It just means I I grew up in church hearing good Bible stuff. And then I went to a good Christian college, not because I wanted to. My parents bribed me to go, but it was smart. You know, I said, if you go there for one year, we'll pay for all your college. I mean, who doesn't take that deal? So I stayed for all four because then it was like, shoot, four to one ratio. Or one guy, four women, I gotta stay here. And then when I didn't marry one of those good Christian girls, my mom was distraught. I'll never forget I graduated from college. My mom is crying. I can't believe you didn't find a good Christian girl. Thinking to myself, mom, they were crazy. (laughs) They were more wild than me, mom. You should be thankful I didn't. 
And then, uh, you know, my dad's like, Gail, we, we sent him here to get a good education. And I was like, yeah, mom, duh. Shouldn't be proud of that. I mean, come on. No, she had one agenda. But I tell you that because I was never taught this stuff. I came to, I came to Awaken back then. It was C3. I met Pastor Year again. And I, I was offended every Sunday, uh, totally tweaked. I would go home, and, and then on Monday, it's the weirdest thing. Because before I'd go to church, I'd never think about it on Monday. I'd just go live my life. Yeah, right. <laughs> By Friday, I was begging Sunday would come, though, because I was such a mess. I was like, just get me back to church, Lord. I promise I will never go out downtown again. Just get me through tonight. I'm sorry for these stupid decisions. I need to go to church. Can they have a Saturday service? You know, I was like, whatever it took. But I was crawling into church. And then I'd get a word about something, and I... But nothing ever sustained. Let me tell you, I came here. I was totally offended. I leave totally ticked, messed up, see things I've never seen before. Totally be like, where are they, where are they getting this stuff? But on Monday, I, was still, I would know all three points Pastor Eugen would preach. I would be thinking about these stories, how crazy they were. I'm like, man, it's the same guy. And I'd be talking about it to my friends, trying to rationalize it on Monday. Tuesday, I was still thinking about it. By Wednesday, there was a prayer meeting at Pastor Jurgen's house. And of course, I'm not gonna go, but I'd go every time. <laughs> And then I'd be re-offended again because they were praying with such power. I didn't know what was going on. And then Thursday, I was still thinking about what happened on Wednesday. And did someone really get healed or were they faking it just to get me to get back? I mean, I had some dark thoughts. I mean, talk about noise. I didn't know how to silence the noise. So then by Sunday, I'm like, well, I had to go, even though I don't want to go. But I'd go. And then I'd be thinking about it. And the cycle would repeat until one day, I went to two services. I went to a freedom night. Next thing you know, I'm on the altar, which before I used to care what people thought about me. I'm like, I'm not going to the altar. (laughs) Then I'm gonna look like one of those guys. You know, I was just worshiping last week and I'm at the altar. This week, I look like a total hypocrite. There's no way I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna double tithe just for my shame and my guilt. I don't even believe in tithing, but I'm gonna double tithe. You know, you do all these things. You don't know why you're doing them. And I realized I just had this, Weird theology of like guilt and shame all the time. And why am I going? And, and I kept seeing power. And why am I offended by this? And someone got healed, a miracle. I want to tell you, fast forward. That took about six months to clean up the system. Yeah. Yeah. Now I've been around about 18 years. <sighs> Let's preach a message, somebody. Yeah. Man, I'm going to emerge with 3,000 dudes. We're getting crazy. Like just burning burdens. Yeah. Dudes walking around with real things, not like fluff. You know, I kicked my dog this week. That was not on one burden. I was upset at my boss. I just hope control so I'm not upset next week. No, it's real burdens. People walking around like, oh, I would have grown up. None of that would have been on a burden. It was amazing to be around real men getting their roar back. Real men that want to fight for their families. They want to raise up amazing men, amazing daughters. They like... uh, Dudes are like, babies are coming any minute. And he's like, yeah, I think I can stay another hour. I'm like, babe, you're, you're, bro, you're, you're, your wife's in labor. Let's, let's get back. I mean, he's even here. I mean, I know. I'm proud of you, man. I was more stressed for him than he was stressed for himself. It was amazing. But then Sunday happens and Rex wrecks the place. And then we go to lunch and he's still wrecking. He's praying for a guy that just walked up to say thank you. Rex turned around, grab his hand, and starts prophesying about dates and times and this. And now the guy starts weeping. He starts to fall over in the power of God. I get him like in a restaurant. I mean, does the anointing have no bounds? I mean, Rex, weren't we supposed to keep it in a box? I mean, Rex doesn't think like that. I'm like, dude, how long does it take to turn off? He goes, once you're in it, you're in it. He was talking about the anointing. No one taught me about the anointing growing up. I just want to give a little recap for some of us that maybe last, last week and yours back out of curiosity, or you were tweaked all week, so you came back to do the sniff test. We're glad you're back. I'm going to tell you, I'm a product of like six months of sniffing around, and then I was for three years thinking, it, this is too good. This is too good. My life shouldn't be this epic. And then, you know, it just kept going and going and going until I realized, man, when Christians actually get the revelation on what the Word of God says... And we learn the, what the real armor of God means. 
what the real weapons of our warfare are, you're gonna understand we're in a rat fight. And God wants to give you rapid assault tactics to get your life on the other side of just being a weak Christian that don't, doesn't think you can do anything with your life. Yeah. So in this, the modern prophet is a person who is believed to have received a message or revelation from God who speaks that message to others. The term prophet comes from the Greek word prophetes, which means one who speaks forth. A modern prophet can be someone who is having received a message from God. They may be called upon to speak their community or to a broader world about matters of faith, justice, morality. When Rex came here, I grew up in a nice Bible-believing church. We didn't invite anybody in. I don't even know if we had one guest my whole 17 years at that church. It's good Bible preaching. Like, Pastor Jurgen's like, no, we're bringing a, po- a prophet in. We're gonna bring a bishop in. We're bringing a healing evangelist. Matter of fact, uh, Pastor Jurgen's uh, brother-in-law is coming here in just a few Wednesdays and walks in a healing anointing like you've ever seen. And there's some of our most radical healings in this church has come when he's passed through. He's in New Zealand. But he has an anointing and he sits in that, in that office of healer. Now, you don't want to know what he went to to get that healing anointing because he, you know, had a, had a Catholic priest going in to do his last rites in the hospital as a young kid, but a youth pastor from a local church showed up with some power that prayed for him and he felt fire go through his whole body and he was completely healed. They already had his casket just to let you know how serious it is. So when you hear him, I would not miss that Wednesday night with Pastor Andrew Kabbalah. He's gonna bring some stuff. So if that messes you up, you're not sure about healing, come and get some. The anointing refers to the divine empowerment or inspiration that a person receives from God to carry out a particular task or ministry. This can include preaching, teaching, prophesying, as well as other forms as ministry stretches, healing, or evangelism. The anointing is often described as a tangible or visible manifestation of God's power and presence. It is seen as a gift that is bestowed upon a person by God in order to enable them to carry out his will and purposes. What happened when Rex stood up under here at the 9 a.m., he was getting his gear. He's a phenomenal communicator, a phenomenal preacher with an anointing. And when he stepped in under that anointing, especially by the 11 o'clock, it was so thick that he just cast off all restraints and started going for it. He didn't care what anyone thought. He was going for bold healings, the miraculous signs and wonders. Some of you are still wondering what happened. Those same miracles of the New Testament are happening today. I encourage every single one of you to pick up the word of God this week and read the book of Acts. It's the only book that doesn't have the amen at the end of it. There's no period. We're living in action still. It's meant to be we're still walking out the book of Acts. And yet it's amazing as a believer, we read that thing like a historical, oh, this used to be then. And God's saying, no, I need this to be now. And so that means that things have to get a little uncomfortable But we got to stop living by what everyone else thinks so we feel safe as Christians. This world's only going to get crazier. And I meet so many Christians that are either, you know, they're they're a different type of C3. We're an awakened now, but they're cynical, critical, and calloused about their faith. And I can say that because I was one of them. But I want to tell you over the last 18 years when I finally let my heart heal, then I finally trusted a pastor again because I didn't trust a pastor I've seen deliverance. How many of you have seen deliverance? Okay, I just, and I'm not just calling people out. I want other people because they come in this church like, oh yeah, sure, uh uh-huh, sure. No, we even have freedom nights now. Even in our PFA, our Pathfinders Apprenticeship, just for the business world, because we want to take territory. Taking territory isn't about just making money to take territory. It's actually when you take territory, you actually take authority away from the devil. The devil roams around on this land because it's been given to him. It's his territory. And the devil hates it when you take it back. When a church buys land, buys a building, ooh, new levels, new devils, people. Pastor Pammy, who's, it's a birthday today. Can we say happy birthday to Pastor Pammy? <laughs> Amazing. What I love about her is I said, hey, when people come down and I could kind of feel it, I'd be like, oh, let's have Pastor Pam pray for you. 
Now I'm gonna let the cat out of the bag. That just means I'm sensing a spirit I don't like and she's gonna open up a can of whoop on you. She's gonna help get you delivered. She teaches on deliverance. She was just telling me they went and saw that new movie. I mean, went out and saw that Jesus Revolution movie. Yeah, let's get out and support that movie. That's a, it's a great movie. The other one is Get Out in Jesus' Name. How many have seen that one? Oh, all about deliverance. Pastor Pammy went. I know uh, John went. They were there till like 11 o'clock at night delivering all the people that came there because they didn't believe in deliverance. So I think the movie ended at nine. Well, it went two more hours of all these people that came to check it out getting fully delivered. So it was a little radical. So I only bring this stuff up because I came and I'd never seen deliverance. And then once you see it, how many know you can't unsee it? So then it's like your, your faith starts to build like, oh, okay, okay. Okay, I respect those people. I just saw what happens. And then, you know, people want to give me their Christian doctrine. You know, Christians can't have demons. Listen, if there's four levels deep, you're going three levels deep, whether you're a Christian or not. I've watched full-on Christians get delivered. Matter of fact, it should be happening every single service here. If you feel like you get a headache or a stomach ache, or you feel like, I, I don't like this guy, he irritates you and you wanna leave, that's probably a demonic spirit of oppression messing with you. And after service, run to the altar because we're gonna have time for it. Get prayer. Don't let things bind you up and get you beat down so you can't have a life outside these four walls of victory and joy. Don't let the devil wreck your life, your marriage, your kids. How many seen healing? How many healing? Okay, good. So just to let you know, there's healings that happen a lot here. Not by us, but it's empowered by the Holy Spirit. Jesus left and he said, hey, just hold on. There'll be another one coming. Art, your helpmate, the Holy Spirit. You're gonna walk in power. You're gonna do even greater things. And Jesus isn't a liar. So if he says you're gonna do in greater things, my question is, then why aren't you? Just asking. I was that same Christian. I didn't even know. I just went to church. I needed some more word. But it's amazing. I was being spoon-fed like a baby. But that's not what the Bible's saying that we need to do. See, in this healing, can we put a picture of this dude up here? Oh, look at this. Huh. He came to emerge. He got a radical encounter. He'd been going to church. Never wanted to be, listen to this. I'm going to read it. Jesus this is AJ Benner Church. That's Pastor Matt Tuggle, who's just like, what just happened? He grew up Catholic, wanted to be a priest until he was raped by a priest in seminary. He left faith, lived a bisexual lifestyle because of the hurt and confusion caused in that trauma. Found out he had stage three cancer. Said, uh, the doctor said, you don't have much time. Just say, hey, nothing else we can do for it, this, this uh, type of cancer. Starts coming to awaken, goes to emerge. At the burden burning, the whole campus lays hands on him for healing and that cancer, and he felt power go through his body. By the way, we have another picture of someone videoing it, and we caught in the flames of that thing a picture. It's radical, and it's a demon leaving. Freaks me out. I don't even like talking about it. I don't even wanna get into it, but you know what? If you wanna see that picture, come and find me after service. I'll let you see that picture just to freak you out because we live in a, a, a real thing going on here, okay? At the burn break, blah, 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 healing cancer. Okay, he felt it go through his body. He went to the hospital yesterday, so this is Monday after Emerge. He had a full body scan. Doctors came in and shocked. All the tumors are gone and has no sign of cancer. Today is at Men's Prayer. Shares his story. Says God's real and he's going all in at awakening. Goes, okay. Hey, listen. I can sit up here for the next hour. This one just came through this week and I was like, oh man, I'm sharing it just to mess some people up. It's to help our unbelief. The Bible talks about it. Jesus says, hey, but pray for your unbelief. I was the number one doubter. I came in here judging, critical, compromised, calloused heart because I've been so wounded. You want to believe it's true. Here's why I kept coming back even in offense. I realized my spirit was dry. My head was dead. I was getting knowledge, 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 but my spirit was dry. So even though my head said, don't go back, dude, they're crazy. They're crazy. Pastor, why are they always balancing? Why are they so hype? Why is this all emotional? It's got to be emotional hype. And then boom, my cousin came to church and got healed. I'll never forget it. Guest pastor came through. He was preaching. He stopped in the middle of preaching like this. Hey, someone's here, you have left breast, has a tumor in it, and God says, if you run down here right now, you'll be healed. 
I'm thinking, oh, oh my God, I know who that is. Oh my gosh. I was freaking out. Second row, I knew she was up in the bleachers, like back row, with her atheist boyfriend. <laughs> Next thing I know, I said, oh man, if she just had the faith. As soon as I said, if she just had the faith, I felt her run right by me, wow. weeping, fighting for her miracle like the women with the issue of blood, ran up. He laid hands on her and says, hey, if you had faith, God's gonna heal you. Boom, power of God, hit this poor Presbyterian kid and she fell on the ground. I was like, oh, and then next thing you know, the atheist third degree black belt's right next to me saying, did he just push her down? Did he punch my girlfriend? <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna take that pastor. I'm calm down, bro, calm down. Next thing you know, She's on the ground for maybe five, seven minutes, felt like eternity. How many know what eternity feels like? I'm just saying, you know, a long time when you're under stress. I was under stress, okay? She's a PK. She gets up, starts touching her chest. You couldn't even hug her. She starts screaming, I've been healed, I've been healed. Next thing you know, he runs up, interrupts the pastor. I just said, God, if you're real, heal my girlfriend. I'll give you my life. He gets saved. It's a wreck. Then it just wrecked the whole service. So you might not believe in it until you need someone to believe in it. And then I'm like, okay, how do you take that away from me? You can't, just to let you know. You can quote me all you want, whatever you want. You're not gonna take that away from me. I've seen it. Now, how many of you have seen miracles, witness miracles? So one of my first miracles, I came to church. I had a $50,000 tax bill because I'm an idiot. How many of you know? <laughs> Only because I'm not anymore. I got to merge speak. I'm not an idiot. But what happened was I started becoming successful in business, but no one told me about the taxes. So you're like, I'm crushing it. And then the tax season comes, I'm crushing you, you know? And then Pastor Jurgen's got this crazy thing. He's like, we're going to do Shredder Sunday. I'm like, this has got to be a joke. I'm going to put a tax bill in. You're telling me to have faith. And thank goodness I didn't have faith, but I shredded it out of obedience. But you know who had faith? My wife. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, two weeks later, sorry, we made a mistake. You're going to get $12,000 back. Well, I had already sent this to three different tax advisors and all told me I'm pretty much hosed because I didn't know what I was doing in business. So I made sure the next year I knew what I was doing in business. Thank God for a woman of faith. She had faith. I didn't. I did it out of obedience, but didn't have the faith. Some of you are almost trying to do it. That was my tax bill. Then it was provision. How many of you had provision? A miracle of provision out of nowhere. I can tell you stories all day long. My third level of miracles in my house in 2012. I lost a real estate agent over it. I'm sharing this with you to let you know God was bigger than my belief system. But I started to believe again. I, I, I read a book. I was reading about miracles. I was reading the fourth dimension. I was just listening to everything I could about God's miracles. I was listening to Pastor Yangi Choi about just belief and praying these things. Just building my heart back so I'd get out of my head and back into my heart because I was raised in a place I never saw any of this, which didn't make it wrong. Just meant I was playing so small. I had so much unbelief. But then when it came to it, then my 2012 house built my, my prayer life, miracle, which eight years later, I got to bless a lot of people. And then God had me stretch in 2020. And then in 2021, I went for another miracle house, but then I learned how to fight warfare. I already had faith for the house. I had to learn how to warfare for the house. 23 confirmed miracles later and messed up a lot of people I know. A lot of people came back to faith. My banker came back to faith for it, started believing again. He's like, well, I, I've seen a lot of things. But listen, we forget to go all in and we start to let the noise, silence the noise is what I'm talking about because if you let the noise of can't, impossible, oh, I, I, you're never gonna get that healing. You let doctors diagnosis, you let people tell you about money, people tell you about this. That's not living in the faith realm. That's not living in what God has called us to stretch us in. And we're not that type of church. We don't want you to be comfortable in your faith. If you're just like, oh, I'd like to go to a nice warm, fuzzy service while the world's in chaos, while the world's in darkness, where our kids are being groomed upon every single day and you don't know if there's any fight left in you. No, no, no. The church, Jesus does the saving. We're gonna do the discipling. We heard to disciple you because every one of you are called to have and walk under that anointing to be a prophet, a voice to this generation. Every single one of you. If you decide not to, then that's your choice. And you could just, hey, well, I'll see you in heaven. It's gonna be great. We're all part of the big C church. You know Jesus, that's a good high five. But that's not what we're trying to do here. We're trying to disciple men to be men and cherish women to be cherished women. 
because there's a generation of kids that need a strong mama and a strong papa that are going to stand in faith, believe for miracles. Go for it. Okay. Rapid assault tactics. Who wants to hear them today? Some of you. Okay. Some of you. That's all right. God only needed 12. Jesus needed 12. That's fine. We got way more than 12 that are hungry right in here. Ephesians 6, 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You got to understand that fear is a spirit. It can create a feeling. Now, we, God gave us to, uh, the receptors of fear so you don't walk off a cliff or you get a little nervous if you're driving 100 down a freeway. It's not, not good. Have a little bit of fear. If you've lost that sense, then we got to pray for you. But to live in that based on a spirit of fear that gets you locked in living in fear, we got to get you set free and healed from that. If I hear people speaking fear all the time, they need to silence that noise, take that thought captive, rewire their brain, and let God bring a healing to them because every time you let the spirit of fear start to control you, you open a door to the demonic. Once you open that door to the demonic, it's a rough road. Listen, courage is, mo is forward motion in the presence of fear. That's what courage is. The Bible says to be bold and courageous. But how do we be bold and courageous when we can't even invite our neighbor to hero? So a couple weeks ago, God was talking to me about Elijah. And I was really disturbed because I'm like, God, Elijah did so many radical things. I want to do radical things, but I don't want that Jezebel spirit of fear that ran him out of town, that took him over. And what I realized, God says, well, the reason it won't happen to you is because he didn't have community. He was a prophet with power, but got ran out by a Jezebel spirit, but he didn't have community to bring him back out. He did have a relationship with God and God talked him out of coming out of that cave. But you got to understand Elijah was a prophet of the Old Testament. He was known for his courage, his faithfulness, his devotion. He was so courageous that he demonstrated taking out thousands of prophets of Baal. He went against a king that was evil, that married even crazier, queen. But I love it because he challenged them to a public showdown on Mount Carmel, called down fire, incinerated them all, then took them out to the valley and had them slaughtered. That is some boldness, people. I'm going to tell you something. Faithfulness. Elijah was faithful to his God and his calling as a prophet. Even in the face of great opposition and danger, he refused to compromise his beliefs or bow down to false gods. He was willing to suffer for his convictions. It's amazing because he was even willing to stand there and challenge them. I think about that girl at Columbine that was shot and killed for her faith. Do you believe in God? And then Michael W. Smith wrote an incredible song talking about what it took. She could have easily said no, but she said yes. And that gunner took her life. And her parents are talking about her faithfulness and her boldness. And I just say that because we gotta be a bold church. You know, prayer, Elijah was a man of prayer. I love this. He fervently prayed for rain during a drought in 1 Kings 18. If you read the whole story, it's 41 through 46. But that's not what impressed me. Even though he kept going up, it's about being persistent. He went up, sent his servant up to the top seven times. And then he finally saw a small cloud, not a big cloud, but he saw a small little cloud the size of a fist. And he went and said, hey, go tell the king, rain's coming. Let's go. I'm telling you, it took a man of faith to keep going after things. You might not need to pray once, pray twice. Maybe it's praying seven times. Can you be obedient to stay in the fire long enough to keep praying for your breakthrough? Do you give up after the third time, the fourth time? How bad do you want a baby? My wife and I tried for five years, but we kept praying and believing, taking communion, and then we got our miracle. Now we got three miracles. And God lined up that whole thing. What's more impressive, he prayed for a widow's son to be brought back to life. You know what that's like? That was like Rex holding on, believing for a kid, saying, let's get your miracle, boy. That's why he sees so many miracles, because he's willing to put himself out there. He went upstairs by himself. He got this this boy prayed for him, brought him back to life and brought him down and says, here's your boy back. Do you know the boldness that takes? You come to this church because there's something more in you and we're called to draw it out of you. The Holy Spirit's trying to draw it out of you. It's no accident you're here. 
There's a calling on your life. There's an anointing on your life. Billy Graham would preach his face off. But if you go back, I've been watching hundreds of hours of Billy Graham. You could see when the anointing would come. And he would go from a bold preacher to power, power, power. And by the time he'd do an altar call, you'd see 20, 30, 40,000 people getting saved. One of the, got more people saved. He was an evangelist, but he would get under the anointing, preaching the word of God, and you'd see a shift. Go watch some of the YouTubes on Billy Graham. It inspires your faith. And you could see, go see if, see if you see every single video. You could feel like he would shift a gear to fifth or sixth gear, and then you'd feel the anointing come, and you'd see people weeping and giving their life. It was so powerful. There is an anointing. I just want to say obedience. Elisha was obedient to God's commands. Even when he seemed strange or difficult, I want to tell you, he went and hid by a brook and was fed by ravens during the drought. How obedient do you have to be? You're starving. You don't know how you're going to get taken care of, and you start praying, but he was obedient. God told him what to do. Next thing you know, ravens are bringing you food. That's some serious faith. Some of you are just worried if in and outs going to close. <laughs> but I want to give us these tactics because I feel like the devil's working overtime to try to mess with us. When I came to this church, I wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost. Didn't even know about it, really. I believed in the Holy Ghost. I knew the, te- you know, the teaching of the fruit of the Spirit. I didn't know the gifts of the Spirit because I wasn't operating in any of them. I got filled with the Holy Ghost. I started operating in the gifts of the Spirit. Let me tell you something. It's so important that you have the gifts in the Spirit that you're praying in tongues. That might be offensive to you. That might tweak you a little bit. Oh, I'm raised against that. Tongues is of the devil. That's what I was told. I was told it all. My Baptist grandpa preacher taught me all that. But when he knew I was preaching it, before he died, he pulled me aside and he said, don't let this old man's theology take you out of what God has for you. He said, I love you, Grandpa. That's why we'll have over 300. We had 336 men between Bresci and San Marcos last week. 336 men. You know what? People were getting delivered. People were getting healed. Guys were flat on their back. We were busting demons off, praying in tongues. It was radical. You don't go to work afterwards to be like, yeah, my morning was boring. I want to tell you why, and just real, real practical, I sent a, a survey out. Don't worry, I'm going to give you your four tactics in just a minute. But I sent this uh, Indeed out. I was looking for something very specific to work for me at my office. My girls went through about 20 applications. They narrowed it down to four. Three showed up. These were the best three out of all the applications, and they even called them, interviewed them on the phone. So they did all the heavy lifting. But then they came in. I met with all three of them. The one that I really liked, I'm like, Psh sweet, this can be done. I'll call him in an hour and let him know he's got the job. He can start Monday. So I left and then the Holy Spirit's like, hey, check yourself before you wreck yourself. So I felt the check in my spirit. So I started praying, walked around my office and just started praying, praying in tongues. About 10 minutes, that check got tighter and tighter and tighter. So I went and told one of my girls, hey, get on, uh, get on Instagram, look for the account. He was on Instagram, couldn't find anything. I said, go on Facebook, get on the account. It's on Facebook, looks at the account, starts scrolling, got darker and darker and darker until I saw Satan worshiping with Moloch and baby crucifixions and then darkness and all sorts of craziness. I'm like, hey, somebody tell this person, maybe this isn't good to post, but there's the Holy Spirit warning me because on paper, on interview, on everything. But see, the deceiver's a good deceiver. But if I didn't have the Holy Spirit and I wasn't praying over every position, I would have hired it, would have brought chaos into my world, would have brought chaos into my business. But because of that discernment, the power of the Holy Spirit gave me a revelation. We need to be praying. There is no separation of what you do in the workplace here. You need to be praying for your employers, for the people you work with, for the people that are surrounding you. We live in a dark world that's only getting more chaotic and darker. And you think, oh, separation of church and state. That's the most ridiculous thing the devil's ever said your life, you have one life. You are one spirit, one being. You can't separate what you do from church to Monday to Tuesday. This is just called life. The last things I want to read, it says 1 Timothy 6, 12, fight the good fight of faith. Keep holding on to eternal life to which you were called and about which you were a good testimony in front of many witnesses. Ephesians 4, 14. Then we will no longer be infants tossed about by the waves and carried around by every wind of teaching, by the clever cunning of men and their deceitful scheming. You gotta understand in 2 Corinthians 6, 7, it says, we faithfully preach the truth. God's power is working in us. We use the weapons of righteousness in the right hand for attack and the left hand for defense. There is a spiritual battle. 
But yes, as Christians, we just rather be like, oh, let's just be so loving while we get taken out at the knees. So how do we do it? You gotta know that God's given us weapons. We, all, we understand hopefully Ephesians, we got the full armor, so you gotta put the full armor on. You can go watch it, look at them, memorize it. I mean, I think everyone, it's like preaching 101. Put on the full armor. But the weapons of our warfare, listen, the first weapon is the power in the word. If the word's not in you, you don't have the most powerful weapon. The second is the blood. The Bible is the blueprint teaching us. The Old Testament has the covenant how powerful the blood was for the angel of death must pass over. All the way through, blood covenants, blood covenants, blood covenants. The ultimate blood covenant is Jesus. His blood washes over everything we've done. That's our salvation is in Jesus through the blood. Let me tell you, that understand the power of the blood. Don't, don't take it lightly. And the last one is the name of Jesus. You have three weapons. I was raised in church. I didn't know the name of Jesus that had that much power. I had my first demonic experience, but if I didn't know that name of Jesus, it would have been a lot different outcome. Let me just tell you, I want you to remind you the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is the most powerful name there is. God gave Jesus the name that is above every name in Philippians 2.9, it says. Why is this name so powerful? It's because of the sacrifice he made through living a perfect life, dying a sinner's death and being resurrected. Jesus made a way for all of humanity to be saved and made right with God. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved in Romans 10, 13. I need you to hear this. You gotta call on the name of the Lord. Your eternity will be secure if you call on the name of the Lord. But it's more than just eternity. Listen, salvation is found in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind in which, by which we must be saved. God didn't send his only son, Jesus, to create another religion. There's a lot of nice people that use it all the time. Well, I'm a nice person. Well, who defines that? Do you got your nice Rolodex? Could I read it? Oh, you only did 21 nice things last month. We need 30. The literal name Jesus is not inherently powerful. It's powerful because of Jesus Christ, the person, God incarnate, who made a way for our salvation. When we talk about the name of Jesus, we're talking about Jesus himself, his character, and the things that he chose to do. I need us to understand because of Jesus's sacrifice, God gave him the most powerful name there is. In that Philippians 2, eight through 11, it says, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the end of the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. But here's what I gotta tell you, it requires faith to believe that. Some of us need to believe again. Without faith, his name will not be powerful. With faith, the name of Jesus is the most powerful name there is. We're instructed all throughout the Bible John 14, 14, it says, if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. But how's your faith when you ask? I can go through all the miracles of the disciples and there's lots of them. When Jesus left and the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples, they walked in power. There's miracles all throughout the New Testament. Some of you just need to get in the New Testament and read the miracles that the disciples did. Cause you might say, oh, that's just Jesus, Jesus. No, no. We're called to do even greater things. I wanna be the church that knows we're doing greater things in the name of the Holy One, Jesus. Listen, there's a world that needs some radical faith. I don't need us on corners telling people they're going to hell, throwing Bibles at them. If I see someone do that, I'll go take your Bible. I will. I probably won't do it unless you have an awaken hat on, then I'll definitely do it. We don't need to be throwing Bibles telling them they're going to hell. They need to see power. They need to know forgiveness. They need to know the name above all names. Guilt never helped me in my relationship with God when I was shamed or guilt. 
didn't help me want to be closer. But the disciples did radical things. As I wrap this up, the four things I want you to write down real quick, and I'm going to say them quick. Otherwise, you're going to have to podcast it. These are your tactics, your rapid assault tactics that we need as Christians. We have to have these rapid assault tactics. These are the rat tactics so we can actually step out in faith and do the things we're called to do. Number one, understand this, Jesus, or John 14, six said, Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. How do you know the devil's lying to you? Well, if you don't know the word, you don't know he's lying to you. We gotta make sure that in this house that people are getting saved, people are getting healed, people are getting delivered. Our three taglines from the very beginning, it's fresh, it's real, it's powerful. We've never deviated. People don't like it, but you gotta understand this. Number one, here's our four things, believe the word. It's gonna help rewire your identity. You're gonna know who you are in Christ. Number one tactic, believe the word. Number two, Resist the devil. What does that mean? Don't do dumb things. I break it down for scum style. That's what I do. Hubbard, don't do anything dumb today. Resist the devil. James 4, 7 says this. So humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. How do you do it? Resist, rebuke, bind the devil. No shortcuts. How do you do it? Resist, rebuke, bind the devil. What's gonna happen in a minute is I'm gonna have the worship team sing a song. I'm gonna open the altar. Some of us gotta come down to help our unbelief and get prayed for. Some of you have been struggling with fear. I need you to come down and get prayed for. This is the altar because it alters lives. Sometimes when we stay in our seat, we stay the same. It takes a lot of courage to get out and we're trying to build bold, courageous Christians here. Not ones that say they are, but ones that act like they are. And so sometimes we need to get right with God. Some of you have never given your life to Jesus. You can do it at the altar. Raising your hand doesn't get you into heaven. It's a hard decision. It's not a fancy prayer. You and God can work it out. I got a team that will help you. We wanna give you a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, you're missing a sword. It's one of your weapons, the word of God. You need to get in the word. Start with the, the book of action, the book of Acts. It's out right after the gospels. Then I want you just to start reading all the miracles Jesus did. Go through the New Testament and look for every miracle. Just read the miracles, read the miracles. It's gonna help your unbelief. There's kids that need to see power, not another scripture memorization that means nothing to them. I don't want our kids just memorizing a scripture that means nothing. I don't need it in their head. I need it in their heart that they're living it. That when they're in a tough position, they're gonna lean to the word of God that they have revelation on, that they're filled with the spirit. Number three, deal with doubt. The devil's a liar. He'll talk to you that your prayers don't matter. You gotta deal with doubt. The Bible says that doubt is a destroyer of life. James 1, 5 through 8 tells us that when we ask God for wisdom, we are to ask in faith without doubt. If we doubt God's ability to respond to our request, what would be the point of asking in the first place? The remedy for doubt is faith, and faith comes by hearing the word. Put it on repeat, record verses. Just hear the word, hear the word, hear the word. God gave us this Bible as a testimony of his works in the past, so we have a reason to trust him in the present. The more we read this and the more we believe this, the more we can trust him with what we're going through. And number four is this, defeat fear. How do you do it? You come to men and women's prayer. How do you defeat fear? Step one is if you know you're supposed to be at the altar, you come to the altar. If you know you're supposed to re receive prayer, it doesn't show a sign of weakness. To me, that's boldness and courageousness. I know this gentleman got prayed for on the stage live with Rex Crane last week. Nobody heard so many words coming out of this dude's mouth at men's prayer ever in his life. <laughs> I love it, man. He's, my mate, you, we couldn't stop him. And I wouldn't wanna try. He got a miracle because he boldly said yes. He could have told Rex Crane to pound sand. Instead, he came down in faith and stood on the stage. And his wife had the same courage. She came down and got her miracle. I'm gonna tell you. They could have easily done the Christianese thing to do and said, oh, I don't wanna go up there. Can you come off the stage and pray for me in the back room? Right, right. 
At that point, they didn't give a rip. They needed breakthrough. They came and got breakthrough. What do you need today? Last one is defeat fear. Defeat fear. Resist self-pity. You can be pitiful or powerful, but you can't be both. Every battle takes a decision. Remind yourself who he is. Stand to your feet. I said that a little too intense, I'm sorry. If you guys could please stand to your feet. I, I, I got convicted, I got convicted. Shut your mouth, stand to your feet, let's go. No. Listen, I'm gonna pray for us and then they're gonna start singing behind me and I'm gonna ask my ministry team to come forward. No more, I, we don't need weak church. Things are gonna get crazy. This world's gonna do, don't be rattled by the noise of the world. Quiet the noise. Resist the devil. Go after your healings. Go after your miracles. If your marriages aren't a 10 out of 10, be at the altar. If you're behind on something, come to the altar, ask for breakthrough. God wants to deliver, but he needs you to move. When you move, God moves. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you. God, as we go into this worship song, this song is still part of service. And even if you don't wanna come down, I want God to hit you where you're at. Listen to the words of this song. And then after this song's over, go get your kids, go out to lunch. Have a different heart. Start to believe. Don't let theology and cynicism and a calloused heart and and well, I've never seen it, or I've tithed and I've never got breakthrough, so I quit tithing, or that vision builder was too positive. They must've interviewed 100 people for that. No, God highlighted him. And God highlights you right now. There's an anointing that's gonna come on you. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for your anointing to rest on every one of your sons and daughters that believes in you. God, I thank you, Lord, that you sent your son to die for us. God, help our unbelief. Lord, where there's doubt, we cancel doubt in the name of Jesus. Where the devil's been lying to us, I expose every lie from the devil. God, I thank you for supernatural healing for those that need a healing right now. Give them enough courage to believe again that they're worthy of being healed. That by your death on the cross, you took that by your stripes, we are healed in Jesus' name. We don't need to justify it with Christianese. Oh, we'll be healed in heaven. God, we can be healed now. We believe in that power of healing. God, I thank you. Let people go to those movies and find revival and deliverance and healing and salvation. God, I thank you, Lord, that people are returning to you today. They hear your voice and they hear their name being written in the book of life. Let them repent, ask for forgiveness and ask you into their heart. God, as people come to the altar to get healed, let this song Give us a revelation on who you are. We thank you, Lord, and we give you all our stress, our worry, and our battles. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.